Section 9 of The Life of St. Dominic Savio by St. John Bosco. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 15. The Mortification of His External Senses. Any casual observer of Dominic's outward behavior would have thought his composure so natural that it might have been part of his character from birth, but those who were intimately associated with him, and had the care of his education, know very well that it was only gained by long and serious effort assisted by the grace of God. To obtain the guard he had over his eyes, he had to make so great and constant an effort that he once told a friend that his head often ached in consequence of it but the restraint he had acquired was so complete that no one ever saw him give an unguarded glance or indulge his sight to the least degree. The eyes are like two windows, he would say, and it depends upon yourself whether you admit an angel or a devil by them. One day a boy had brought in, doubtless unthinkingly, a paper with some unbecoming pictures in it. A group of boys gathered round to see them, and Dominic thought some sacred pictures were being shown. So he came up to look also. But as soon as he perceived of what nature the pictures were, he was surprised, and taking hold of the paper he tore it into pieces. The boys stood around in silence. Then he quietly said, Our eyes were given to see the beautiful things God has created, and you use them to gaze on such unseemly pictures provided by the malice of Satan for the ruin of souls. Perhaps you have forgotten what you have so often heard, that one evil glance may stain the soul with sin, and yet you indulge your eyes with such objects as that. Some began to make excuses, but he easily showed them that they were but the snares of the devil, who could draw them on to sin by these means, and in the end no reply could be made to his arguments and recommendations. To this care of the eyes he joined particular reserve in conversation. He never interrupted anyone who might be speaking, and he often broke off his own sentences in the middle if another showed that he had something to say. His masters and associates all agree that he was never observed to have said a single idle word, whether in class or in study, or during the fulfillment of any duty. Even when he was the object of unkindness or insults, he had a careful reserve over his words. One day he had spoken to a companion about a bad habit he had contracted. The latter forgot that this was a kindness, and answered with insults and even struck and kicked him. Dominic was older and bigger than the boy, and might easily have returned this treatment, but he sought no revenge but that of Christian charity. At first he became red in the face, but stifling all feeling of resentment, he said, I forgive you, you have done wrong, but do not try that sort of behavior on others. In regard to the mortification of all his senses, I shall restrict myself to a few incidents. In winter time he had a novel way of treating his hands, for he was subject to chilblains, and these he exposed to the cold and wet as much as he could, so as to increase their size and painfulness. He even pricked them to make them smart the more. He thought that he was thus imitating, in a small degree, the wounds inflicted on the person of our divine Lord. His companions assert that in the very cold weather he went along slowly to school, so as to be exposed to the weather as much as possible. Wherever there are a number of young people living together, there are sure to be some who are ready with complaints. The arrangements of the house, the discipline, the bedtime, and such things, all form the subject of complaint from different persons, and occasionally great disturbances are caused. Savio was quite the opposite of this. He rejoiced if there was something that might be taken exception to, and, particularly in his diet, he was always satisfied and equally pleased. He was economical to a degree, regarding the food as a gift of God, and therefore not to be despised even in the smallest way. He was always ready to do a service to others, particularly to the sick, and he eagerly seized occasions for doing this, since his health made him unable to undertake anything of a tiring nature. 
Little examples of his mortification, charity, self-forgetfulness, humility, and the like might easily be multiplied, but these things were part of Dominic's very life and went to make up that perfect whole which constitutes a pleasing offering in God's sight. End of chapter 15. Chapter 16. The Confraternity of the Immaculate Conception. Something has been said above about Dominic's devotion to our Blessed Lady, and it may be well imagined that the circumstances of December, 1854, provided occasions for extra fervor that were not lost upon him. On the 8th of that month, the Sovereign Pontiff defined the dogma of Our Lady's Immaculate Conception, and the Catholic world was filled as with a wave of devotion. Young Savio is always practical in his manifestation of fervor. His idea was not only to celebrate the event, but to set on foot something that might be a permanent remembrance, and might be productive in years to come, of a continual stream of devout clients of Our Lady. He therefore set to work amongst his closest friends, and proposed to them the formation of a sodality or association, to be called the Sodality of the Immaculate Conception. Its object was to obtain the special protection of Our Lady during life, and particularly at the hour of death. The means proposed were to practice and promote acts of devotion in honor of the Mother of God, and the adoption of the practice of frequent communion by all members. It was to have a special rule, and these were the subject of long consideration, so that they were only in their final shape by June 8, 1856, about nine months before his death. These were read out by him before the altar of Our Lady on that day. The articles were of an exhaustive character, twenty-one in number, providing for the regular meeting of the members, the spiritual duties undertaken, and the means for gaining the chief ends mentioned above. These rules were all submitted to the judgment of the director, and concluded with an appeal to our Blessed Lady to assist the associates and bless their efforts. Several of those who took part in the formation of this society were distinguished, like Dominic, for their piety and talents. One in particular was gifted with exceptional brilliance, and being afterwards ordained as a secular priest, he had a most fruitful apostolate, and took a large share in the arrangements for the opening of the sanctuary of Our Lady Help of Christians at Turin, during the octave of which, celebrations, he was called to his reward. While still a cleric, he founded the Sodality of the Blessed Sacrament, which has since been a traditional Sodality in our schools, and by its means effected great good among the boys of the oratory. End of chapter 16